on everyone it's your boy noob dad gamer and i am back with a brand new episode of this exciting new project that i'm so invested in which is the noob dad gamer podcast all right now my fourth episode for this week i go back to one of my most favorite live stream interviews which i did when i first started my stream channel last year roma sadakat She's not only one of my really good friends whom we met and clicked right away throughout my PR career, but she's also one of those people that just, you know, those people that just inspire you. You talk to them, they inspire you, they help you see the brighter side of life. And more importantly, she's a girl gamer. On this, for, on this episode, she and I talk about girl gamers, Street Fighter, Tekken, Mortal Kombat, League of Legends, everything. But more importantly... We explore some key insights on the growing opportunities and positive impacts which girl gamers have in the gaming industry. So Roma is not just a journalist by day, but she's a massive geek fan and a girl gamer by night, by heart, and by passion. She's also a person of determination, which we discuss openly on this podcast episode. And believe me, her story is remarkable. I hope you enjoyed this episode and please don't forget to subscribe to my podcast channel on Spotify and follow me on my socials, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. And guys, hey, listen, every Saturday night, 10.30 p.m. UAE time, I'm live streaming on Twitch with my friends and teammates and we were having a blast. So come on, dude, let's hang out. You don't have to download anything. Just go to twitch.com, type noobdadgamer with noob spelled with two zeros instead of the letter O. Yalla. I'd love to hear from you. Rohma Sadakat, girl gamer from Pakistan. Thank you so much for being here. Um, dude, like you made it. We're done. That's it. <laughs> yeah, finally. It's been a long time in the making. Long oh. time coming as well. Yeah, man. Yeah, it has been. It has been. Roma, there's so much I want to talk to you about. Um, there's so much I want to go over with you. But listen, just before we get into it, um, I want everybody to know, get to know who you are. Listen, I know you. You're an awesome person. I, I, I love your energy. I love your aura. And, you know, I want people to get to know you. So just tell us about yourself a little bit. Okay. Starting with the tough questions. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> we should have prepared an introduction. <laughs> you, have you ever been in one of those interviews? I think that's what, like one of the most challenging things for me in an interview, in a job interview. They'll mm -hmm. tell you talk about yourself, you know, for the last, right. for the last 10 years. Um, in, in mm -hmm. my experience, I've always prepared myself for that question. You know, I just tell them, listen, I'm a Palestinian Canadian kid and I've always been mm -hmm. passionate about communicating with people, talking to people, connecting with people, giving content that really matters because if I believe in something, I can easily sell it. I've always been in entertainment. I've been a massive music fan. So I, I like to perform. So I developed that, that love and that passion to connect with people and give to people and so on. So I just summarize it like that. So, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, was, I was trying to make myself feel ready. Right, right. Well, here's the thing. Normally, if you ask me, my job means that I'm actually the one doing the interviews. So <laughs> since, since I'm a reporter, norm, normally I'm on the other side of this equation. So I always tell people, okay, so a brief introduction first, tell me a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get into the tough questions. So this is a very, very different change for me. But uh, I'll take a little leaf out of your book and say that I am a Pakistani uh, who is uh, living in the UAE, and I've lived in the UAE for, I would say, more than 25 years now. So the UAE is home, specifically Sharjah. And yes, I am a gamer, 
also, and this is something that uh, me and my friends have come up with, I am a gamer who is a person of determination, and I'm also a journalist who is a person of determination. So throwing this out there. There we go. <laughs> listen, um, we, I, I remember right before we got onto the stream, I said, listen, we're going to talk about everything. You're okay with that? You said, yes, you're okay with that. Your story, for me personally, your story is inspiring. Um, like what you went through and how you sort of just talk about the obvious. Like, yeah, this is what I have. I'm born that way and I'm happy with it, mm -hmm. you, you know? Right, right. And, and you're not, like, you're not, you, you're not too shy to talk about it. Um, mm -hmm. So I think, I think like, was that something that you've developed over time or did that or did that or you or were you just born with it like that sense of right. courage mm -hmm. i think it has to do with how you get used to it so a lot of people when they first see me they automatically assume that it's some sort of accident and then and i'm always open to having this discussion so i never feel shy when somebody comes up to me especially little kids and i encourage this if the if a little kid comes up to me if a little kid comes up to me and says what happened to your hand which is like the standard question i'm more than happy to say that i was born this way and uh, there's no pain you can yes you can touch it no problem with that just be careful because we are in the middle of a pandemic right now yeah. but i'm always open for kids i'm always open for kids coming up and satisfying their curiosity and it, it's amazing because kids see it for what it is and there's no hiding this fact i'm not ashamed of it and it's something that since i was born with it i've gotten used to it for me this is my reality so it's as natural as breathing as being born with two limbs so what the doctors have said is that this is a congenital birth defect so what i'm so i'll just put this up now so what i'm do so what i have is i'm missing the palm and fingers of my left hand okay. and uh, beyond that everything else is the same as with my other hand you know i feel when somebody touches it you know somebody were to prick it with a needle that would definitely be ouchy but uh, beyond that it's exactly like my right hand only missing a couple of centimeters okay i mean i mean i curiosity how do you how do you how do you gain you know, mm -hmm. with one hand. Right, right. Well, here's the thing. I do not game with one hand. A lot of people might yeah. assume that, but, yeah. you know, it's the same with uh, my work. And as I said, I'm a journalist and a reporter, so I type and I do it with both hands. And this is something that I've developed. So I'll talk about typing first and how naturally the progression from there is into gaming. So right hand is always on the right hand side. Left hand is on the left hand side. Yeah. And that's how I type. My by default, my left hand is on the shift key. So that's where uh, that's where I know my left hand is always going to be on. So if I want to capitalize something, it's always on the it's always on the shift key. Okay. And when I game, by default, I move it up and it's on Q. So that's where my hand is on by default. Key. And we, I know that WER is on the right hand side of the Q key. And my right hand is on my is on the mouse. So that's how I game. Mm -hmm. But the only thing is, since I am gaming with the, my left hand, I can only press one key at a time. And normally you have three fingers and you've got three fingers on the QWE key, right? Yeah, yeah. So for me, I have to move my finger every time I want to press something. So that means my reaction time is a little slower compared to other gamers. But beyond that, I have fun just like everybody else. Wow, dude. Wow. Honestly. So it's, it's just something mm -hmm. that you were born with, right? So it's not something that progressed over time to become what it is now, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. All right. Cool. And I cool. think, and I think that gives me an advantage if, um, 
if I had, say, lost a limb in an accident, God forbid, mm. then it would have been a period of recovery and familiarizing myself with what is missing. But since I was born this way, for me, that was the reality that any kid is used to. So I just got used to it since birth. Wow, dude. Honestly, like... Um... Hats off, hats off for you if you're talking about it. Headphones off. <laughs> yeah, headphones <laughs> off. I like your headphones, by the way. It's really good. Uh, go. Oh, I know, right? They're so adorable. I just, I just love these. Uh, the little cat ears that I got from Razor. Yeah. Definitely one of my favorite accessories. So I was when I was chatting with your brother, and he told me mm-hmm. about uh, he told me about the camera that you're using, which is a Razor Keo. And then when yep, I went, yep. when I went online to 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 look it up surprisingly it came so it came with a bundle offer if i get a mic and an ear and a headphone just like yours exactly like yours yep and i thought that would look really good on me i think i kind of rocked it did you see the video you should you should <laughs> you saw the video i, you, you, like I did it? and now I'm, I'm i'm sitting here and imagining you in all the other colors that i see because i got mines and they're like the quintessential classic black with the green logo but now i'm thinking to myself there's so many awesome colors that i want to get yeah. but um that's something to keep in mind the next time i decide to indulge in some uh some hardware all right so okay let's talk about girl gamers so you so mm-hmm. what, what what games have you played uh or i think do you it's play a now? question to ask <laughs> well i think it's a better question to ask what games i have not played because i've been gaming since i was a kid so that's another thing my dad always uh, my mom and dad both they never thought that this uh, that my physical appearance is going to be something that should hold me back from doing what other kids do so anything and i grew up with my brother my brother's two years younger than me so whatever we had we shared with ourselves so mm-hmm. i think like many kids my age like many millennials my age we started with the sega okay yeah, and sega from there yeah there we go and there we from there we moved on to the playstation and i've been a playstation girl ever since it's okay. been playstation one two three four and now hopefully the five in a few months time when the dsf uh shopping season hits that's gonna be fun so that's that's next on the list yeah i'm waiting for that great too. i started off with, I, mm-hmm. I actually started off with a nintendo 64. oh cool that that was one of the best gaming consoles that was out there and if I, anyone were to ask me i would say it's a ps2 i don't think the ps2 has any rival when it comes to that segment in the I mean, console uh, segment PS2 reigns supreme. A hundred percent. I mean, I went through. I went through the Atari phase, and then uh, from Atari, uh, I jumped on to Nintendo 64. My parents bought it for me when we lived in Canada. I remember I had a few games, so Super Mario, and but the the game that got me hooked was Mortal Kombat. So it okay. was okay. It, it was from there I was introduced to the world of Mortal Kombat and. Um, and fighting game became something that I was so passionate about and so competitive with. But mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so you went so you went from Sega and then and then you went on to PS. So what what games did you play when you had Sega? I'm assuming Sonic. Oh well, there was Sonic, obviously, <laughs> yeah. and and I think the fir- the very first game that any kid must have played in my generation would have been Super Mario. There's. Okay. There's there's no getting around that fact. Every kid I know has played Super Mario or at least heard of Super Mario or yeah. seen someone play Super Mario. And beyond that, there was Tetris. 
oh gosh, there was so much Tetris because yeah. that was Space Invaders. Okay, God, yeah, yeah, there yeah. were so many. There were so many other games that uh, I think set the foundation. So from there, it was just a natural progression to uh, the PlayStation One. Okay. Okay. And then, uh, and then from places, but you've like, when did you get into PC games? PC games, I think, like any other kid, it would have been with CS Counter Strike. One point, one Counter Strike, one point six. No, though I was never taped to the ceiling. I'm sure okay. everybody has seen that meme up until now. Okay. Somebody duct taped to the ceiling and playing CS:GO. <laughs> so it never got down. It never, it never got uh, around to that, but. Uh, uh, there were lots of competitive moments with the people that you were playing from all around the world. So yes, CSGO was what started it. Yeah. And from there, I think it was uh, League of Legends. That would be the next big one that I really got into. So you got into League of Legends, but you didn't play any any mobile game before that? Um, that's uh no i did play quite a few be uh before that but seriously when this like something that i play almost every night uh then yes that would be league of legends okay. before that there were so many other games and it all depended on what you know your circle of friends were playing for me when it started it was me my brother and our cousins so yeah. for us it was always you were guaranteed to have some time to play and everybody would be online at the same time so you had to have the same games okay so yeah it was just easy with csgo and from there, uh, once uh, we had Call of Duty, Call of Duty on the PlayStation, that became uh, that became something that everybody could join in. One of the first online gaming experiences where people from uh, didn't have to physically be in the same position, in the same place to play. Yeah, that's true. Um, mm -hmm. you, you know, for me, um, my, my first PC game was when we had Windows 95. And... Um, my dad, yeah, yeah, my dad in Canada, my dad, he had that uh, computer. So it was a Windows 95. Um, need for Speed. That brings back Need for Speed memories. No, we didn't have, we didn't play Need for Speed on PC, actually. It you was, didn't? It was Prince of Persia. You remember the, the first? Oh, yes, yes. That was on PC before it uh, moved on to the PlayStation, where everybody played it. Before it was on the, play, uh, it was on PC, yes. It was the first time that I've developed um, Rage, Rage <laughs> in video games. <laughs> Because which know, level was it which level was it was it because, one of those timer levels it had to be those timer levels where you had to uh, finish an objective in a set amount of time those were rage inducing i think it's because i was young so i didn't fully understand the the mechanics behind the game so i couldn't i couldn't kill the enemy you know the enemy with the sword <laughs> you know i'm trying to fight uh -huh. him and i can't fight him i kept losing um but it was from there and then uh, and then when we castlevania moved, did you play Castlevania? No, I'm telling you, it was only Prince of Persia. And then up until when we moved to Dubai in 96, mm -hmm. uh, we had a, a compact. Remember compact? Remember that PC? No, I'm not. That was a classic PC brand, compact. So I think it was, compact, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it might have been bought by HP. I don't want to say something and then uh, be corrected. But compact... Mm -hmm used to be a very well-known uh, PC brand. And um, and then when dad, uh, when our dad got at home, we had a few uh, motorcycle games. I, I was really into FIFA games. And then slowly, someone at school told me, hey, listen, you know, try Counter-Strike. 
And I remember mm-hmm. going to this. Uh, remember the you remember the sensation of the internet cafes in Dubai back in the day? Yes, yes. When, when mm-hmm. it, whatever happened to though, that? Though we were we, though we were playing Warcraft on that. We were playing uh, Warcraft three and yeah. the other games. So. I never got into FIFA much because for me, those games were all, all felt the same. Yeah. So never got much into FIFA. I had one FIFA game and I don't even remember which one it was, but that, that was it on the PlayStation, I think. So never got into much into FIFA. Oh, okay. Uh, there's a, a comment from a good friend of mine, Habibullah. He's like, bro, you're born in 1960. <laughs> <laughs> you're not that old. <laughs> Bro, I'm born 1985, man. <laughs> but like, I mean, you know, I, I remember, uh, I remember Dune Center. Dune Center was in the Alpha. I used to go there. I used to like literally camp there, 24/7. Um, and um, and I and then I discovered this game called Counter Strike. But I don't know, man. Like the, the 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 sensation of internet cafes die out because you know, right now you can do this thing from your home. I mean. What do you think? I think that was the ma- I think that was the main reason for it. It just became so much more convenient to do it at home, and you and you know by default your parents were paying the bill for the internet, right? Yeah. So there was really no need for you to go and spend your own pocket money on those uh, internet cafes. So I yeah. think that's one of the reasons they just died out. But uh, I think that's the same reason that uh, a lot of uh, these uh, arcade game centers like Magic Planet still do so well because you can go over there and you can still have fun with a friend. Yeah. And you get you get this whole dynamic experience that you don't get at an internet cafe anymore because what what is it that makes an internet cafe so special? Yeah, yeah. But did you but did you ever go to an internet cafe? Oh yeah, a long time ago. But then uh, it just became easier to do it at home. So, and and it was a lot of work getting everybody together on the weekend. So it was just easier to actually trade games with your friends when you had a PlayStation. So I think that's what we did. So every time, oh, I finished this game. You know, I finished Metal Gear Solid Two. Can you uh, can you trade uh, me uh, Burnout? So let's uh, let's play that. So I think that's how we pass most of our summer vacations, just trading games with everybody. Okay. So, I mean, what kind of games do you, do you play the most um, when you used to go to the internet cafes? Hmm. Counter-Strike, definitely. Okay. But uh, again, I didn't go to internet cafes that much. It was so much more fun to just play Crash Bandicoot at home. Okay. Crash Bandicoot and Spyro at home. So that there was a lot of that as a kid. I mean, is it, is it, did the... Um... Like, did you have did you have this urge or this feeling that you really wanted to go to internet cafes, or was it just a preference that you said, you know what, that's just not my place. I don't want to go there. I prefer Crash Bandicoot at home. Mm-hmm. I preferred Crash Bandicoot at home, and the thing is, um, there was no other girl in my class who wanted to go, so that was kind of you know a bummer. Yeah, <laughs> sadly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, I, I mean. If, if I spoke to them about games, it would be at most, you know, oh, yeah, I played Crash Bandicoot, you know, on the on the PlayStation when my brother was yeah. taking a break or something like that. So I felt that there was nobody, there might have been, maybe they were just hiding it. I don't, I felt that there was nobody as passionate about gaming as me uh, or gaming as a pastime uh, uh, as me. So, you know, there was nobody else to go with. At most, a girl would show up if she was coming with her brother, but mm-hmm. uh, sadly, there were no plans of uh, you know making plans with another girl in my class and then both of us going to an internet cafe 
Yeah, I mean, you know, um, even the even the cafes that I used to go to, I don't know, maybe maybe it's the type of cafes that I used to go to. But yeah, I mean, if we if we see a girl there, you know, we'd be like, wow, what is that? You know, <laughs> is that a girl what here? Is she, what is she doing here? <laughs> <laughs> what is this blasphemy? <laughs> mm-hmm. But but here's the thing. If you go to an arcade, you see just as many girls there as you see guys. So arcades were more popular with girls. What is that? Arcade? Arcades, yeah. If you go to an arcade yeah, yeah, like yeah. Magic Planet, you would see just as many girls there as just you would see a guy. So I yeah. think maybe that's because they were more fun and you were doing a lot more than just sitting around. Yeah, but you know, I think over time, um, over time, as I kept on gaming and get into get into more competitive gaming, you you mm-hmm. can because because I've been playing a lot with uh, boy gamers a lot. So the fact that when I play with a girl gamer, and she's just rocking it with, with the timing and the and the and then you know making sure that she gets that headshot while she's jumping in midair you know uh, chasing the pentakill <laughs> chasing that pentakill um but yeah like i've developed like this sense of newfound respect and then i've I had a co- few conversations about it to people with people and i, I didn't i didn't realize that there was a huge gaming uh there was a huge girl gamer industry going on here Mm-hmm. And it's only getting bigger. Uh, I don't know if you're aware, but last year was last year or was it the year before that we had a a, a girl gamer tournament over here. Okay. So th- yeah, that was absolutely yeah, amazing. That- and I remember I remember getting uh, the press release in my inbox saying, "Do you know that there's going to be a girl gamer tournament?" And the first thing all my colleagues in the office did when they saw that was, "Roma, are you going to take part?" And <laughs> and I told them, "Yeah, I would need a team, but it's a bit too much work for me because." Uh, work it took so much time, but I would have loved to be part of that. So it's, uh, and I think if you go to Comic Con or you go to GamesCon, you see a, a very healthy divide now. Times have definitely changed. There are so many more girl gamers that are passionate about liking games, cosplaying yeah. their favorite characters. And I think that's really amazing because now it's not, oh my God, there's one girl gamer in the internet cafe. What is she doing there? It's more like, oh yeah, of course, there's a couple of girls. Yeah, they come and they have fun. I think the, the 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 tournament you're talking about is Girl Gamer Challenge. Um, I think that's the one that took place. Was it a challenge? Yeah. I think that's the one that took yeah. place in the UAE, right? Yeah, it, it was. Took, it was. Yeah. It, took, it mm-hmm. took place in Dubai, actually. It's an international. Yes, it's yes. an international event. It took place in Singapore, Australia, Portugal, Macau, Brazil, mm-hmm. Spain, South Korea, and it took place in Dubai. And hats off, man. Hats off to Dubai for you know for hosting something like this. You know, inclusive equality that's what it's always been about so it's really really good that um but yeah i wish you, you would have taken place uh, i'm looking out here so they had i wouldn't i wouldn't have been able to take time off work and that's the yeah. sad thing i would have loved to dedicate more hours in the day to gaming but uh, i would have loved to see my boss's face when i tried to justify that <laughs> can i take some time off i'm taking part in a gaming challenge <laughs> especially with everything that's been going on with the media industry but yeah I mean, look at that $50,000 price pool. That's not bad, by the way. Mm-hmm. $50, That's not a bad pool. Not at all. Not at all. So, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, enough to get you set up for life with at least 10 gaming rigs. Yes. You know, I've been having a trouble. Uh, I've been having so much trouble just to like connect with a bunch of gamers who are in the, in the UAE. And they're looking for, for example, a team member in League of Legends. I play League of Legends, and I've been 
like telling people, listen, if you're looking for a team member, hit me up. I'm like, I'm like that kid in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a group that nobody wants to pick on their team. <laughs> when you first told me that you were playing League of Legends, I was so excited until you told me which region you were playing. So now I'm thinking to myself, I have to create another account, level up until I'm at uh, that level, the benchmark where I can join you in playing. And that really kills me because I really wanted to play with you with my, um, with my, uh, with my channel, but, oh, that, that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. The or thing, maybe we can play something else. We can always play Overwatch or something. The thing is, I, I don't know what League of Legends players in the UAE or in this part of the region, I don't know which servers that they go for, they go for. So. I didn't. To be very fair, I didn't either because for us, it was just pick a region at random and everybody who was downloading the game and installing it at that time, stick with that region because we're playing in that region. Yeah. So that's what had happened. That's yeah. I think that was the beauty of this whole thing because all of us joined at the same time. My cousin first got into it and he introduced my brother to it. And then mm -hmm. I saw him playing. I said, I want to play as well. Okay, let's do this. So, and then from there, it just... Uh, it just spread to our uh, other friends as well. So now I think we've got like a small community of uh, five to 10 players who play. Uh, sadly, a lot of them have had to move. Uh, one of my really, really good friends, she had to go back to Pakistan. So I miss playing with her the most. She was, you know, I've known her since we were kids. It was amazing. So Orange Rabbit, if you are out there, I love you so much and I really miss playing with you. It's yeah. not the same. <laughs> yeah, there's it's a, not the same. We used to play for up to four hours, but now it's limited to one if we're lucky. There, there's a massive gaming community in Pakistan. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember playing uh, PUBG for a while. It, it was a thing mm -hmm. a few a few years ago. And it was yeah, a thing. <laughs> it was a thing few years ago for me. Um, mm -hmm. That's my problem. Like when I start a game, I become really competitive about with it, and and. Um, so PUBG was something that I was really into. I had I had this team made up of four guys uh, from work. We used to play with these guys a lot. We used to troll so much. And now I'm trying to tell. Now I'm trying to bring. You know what they say? Trying to bring the band back together again. But because um, the amount of like just jokes that we throw at each other, but we get really competitive with it. Um, mm -hmm. But when I whenever I play, I'd see a lot of uh, gamers from Pakistan tuned in onto the game. Right, right. Mm -hmm. It happens. And it's always this fun moment where somebody speaks another thing and you're like, Oi, fellow Pakistani, <laughs> fellow, fellow Emirati, I, I hear you. I see you. <laughs> okay, so listen, I have, I have a comment, okay? Also from mm -hmm. my good friend Habibullah. You know, he said this okay. comment in his native language and I am going mm -hmm. to attempt it live on stream, okay? Here's Tell what me. he said. Mm -hmm. Jut Bol Raha Hai Ganja. <laughs> oh gosh, no! Why would he say that? Oh no, 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 what? no, 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 no! Unacceptable, dude. No, unacceptable. What, what does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> Do you really want me to tell you? Oh damn it! I hope Habibullah. I profanity is not a. It's not. Does not. No, work no, no. It's not. It's there's there's no profanity. There's no profanity. I would have been a lot more. Um, I would have called him out a lot more if that was the case. No, oh, he, <laughs> mm -hmm. He's calling me bald. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> yeah, he basically said the ball guy is speaking. 
<laughs> we should get that on a t-shirt we should get that on a t-shirt <laughs> listen uh you know habibullah he has really nice hair um his hair is really nice got really nice long hair is a fairly good looking gentleman fairly mm-hmm. em- <laughs> emphasis on fairly but you know emphasis. you can you can never rock that bald scalp man you can never rock that bald scalp um but uh listen so like in pakistan are there a lot of girl gamers because i know that you know the gaming community in pakistan is really huge but um mm-hmm. what about the girl gamer industry what about the girl gamers see over there well i'm not that aware of it because i don't spend a lot of time in pakistan except for the summer vacations okay. but from what i know from my cousins is that it's definitely growing as well okay. so um i think for us the biggest thing over there the biggest challenge still is load shedding and i don't know if you're familiar with this term it's when the lights go out when the electricity is down and if you're playing it's horrible because you have to stop playing for an hour mm-hmm. so imagine how frustrating it is if you're playing competitive and if you are playing ranked and all of a sudden your internet connection goes out because the internet because the electricity is gone okay. so i think that's one of the biggest hurdles we have in pakistan but beyond that there's I think that there the girls in Pakistan are just as passionate as they are over here. I I believe that there should be more. I mean, I I when I when I was doing my research and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I was doing my research I didn't find that volume and I want you to tell me what you think. How does that make you feel and you know, what do you think people can do more? Well, I think it has to do with a number of different things. A, you look at the UAE and people might make this assumption that it's a very small country compared to say Saudi Arabia, which is massive in comparison to the UAE. So for them it makes more sense to have a bigger event in a place like Saudi Arabia. I'm just giving I'm not saying that this is the case, but I'm just giving an example. So I think one of the reasons that we haven't seen that volume as you would in the United States and Canada or in, or in Korea is beca- not because there aren't an, uh, you know a fair number of passionate gamers over here but it's just that you know, putting it together and then not having as big an outcome as you would see in other places i think that's one of the reasons that it's become so difficult to organize it over here but i'm sure that's changing if you look at it uh just as an example if you look at the MEFCC it's grown every year every year it gets bigger we've got more artists coming in we've got more competitions we've got a lot more companies that are interested in being there on the scene so everything takes time and i think the more it happens the more events will happen in the future so we can only hope that this changes and that uh, uh we get more uh, communities that are built up that are interested in putting together these sort of competitions so let's not limit ourselves to one big uh, esports championship a year i'd love to see more of them we've got the coca cola arena imagine having esports championships over there i mean safely once the pandemic is uh, once the pandemic is over just having this huge volume of people coming in and cheering on their favorite teams at the coca cola arena that would be magic you know there i think even given the current situation with uh the pandemic the easiest thing you can organize is a gaming tournament because all you need is <laughs> all you need is a because you're just fixated on your computer so there's always it's always easy to put in the to 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 put to to create a setup that's you know 
that goes to social distancing and all of that. But I think right now we're sort of, you know, because we're right now we're slightly getting back into that new normal. So I think all of these restrictions have sort of gone down. So there's there's now much more leeway. But I wanted to just quickly tap into this. So check this out. So this is an article that was published by Forbes in March this mm -hmm. in March this year. So check this out. In 2020, women, women accounted for nearly 41% of all gamers in the USA. And, mm -hmm. in, and in Asia, which accounts 48% of the world's total gaming revenue, <laughs> do you know, that's, 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 a, that's a huge portion. Women now make up 40 to 45% of the Asian gaming population. So that is something that was actually done by Google and nico partner so i don't know who nico is i know we know who google is um the, the thing is i see that female gamers are increasing and, mm -hmm. and we're getting the girls we're getting there that's true and 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 hats off to that um how do you think and how do you think the gaming industry is going to change because of that Mm -hmm. I think it's already changing. I, I don't think it's fair to say that uh, the industry will change in the coming years. I think it's already changing. And I remember when we first discussed uh, me coming on to your stream and uh, us having this chat that you asked uh, people to send in their questions. And I read someone saying that, how do you feel about the portrayal of female uh, characters in games? And how does that make you feel as a female gamer? And uh, again, I want to say that the situation is improving. Before it used to be, you used, you know, if I think back now at some of the games that I played when I was a kid, I'm kind of horrified at the way female characters were uh, portrayed in those games. But now we've got major titles, major titles with the female protagonists who are just awesome in their own right. Well-rounded characters with great backstories, great motivation. Someone you can really, really say, okay, I enjoyed playing this character. Not because she's a girl, because she's written so well and the writers and the producers did a fabulous job of bringing her to life. And uh, I think the last game where I saw this was Control. I don't know if you've ever played that. If you get, if you get time, just yeah. download it and play that game. It's such an amazing, amazing thriller. You're going to love playing it. And the protagonist, she's amazing. I'm not going to say any more because I want you to actually go and play the game and then come back to me and say, I, I get what you're saying. So, okay. yes, I think the situation is improving. Gone are the days when the only character people... Uh, girls could say that they knew was Lara Croft. So I'm so glad that that is changing. If you ask me, I think another character that really, really, you know, blew me away was Evie Fry from Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Okay. Criminally underrated game. And I know the reason why that happened, but uh, I had so much fun playing that game. And I got into a little tiff with Ubisoft because I remember that uh, when I wanted to go get the special collector's edition, it didn't come with an Evie Fry figurine. It did not. It only came with the Jacob Fry, who is her twin brother, by the way. So when you play the game, you play as two characters and the game is equally divided between the two of them, which I absolutely loved. It wasn't giving me a choice of do you want to play as a female or do you want to play as a male? I had to play as both the twins which was absolutely amazing. And it really, really left a strong impression. But then when I wanted to go get a figure, I had to buy her separately for my collection. So yeah, Ubisoft had to do better at that point. 
I think they are. But at that point, I was really, really frustrated. <laughs> you know, I wanted to actually, it's, it's a good thing that you brought up, um, you know, you brought up that topic because I wanted to sort of jump in from talking about the gaming industry as uh, girl gamers and then talk about gaming industry as girl de uh, gaming developers. Um, mm -hmm. And yes, it is a very good question. I, by the way, that person was my brother. Big shout out to you, bro, man. Thank you so much for our support. He's my brother. So he actually, he's, you know, he and I, we used to, we used to play a lot when we were kids and. Mm -hmm. and That's the best thing about gaming, isn't it? If you've yeah. got a sibling who is just as passionate as you, really, really makes games memorable. So thank you for that question, bro. Really, really liked it. Yeah, man. Yeah, bro. Thank you so much. So, but yeah, yeah like this is, you know, jumping on from the gaming developer side, is it because you don't have you don't think that there are enough girl gaming developers that are being involved in the mainstream games like, you know, Assassin's Creed, um, you know, even even in, in, in NetherRealm Studios, like the Mortal Kombat games, you know, uh, the, mm -hmm. the, 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 one, the one thing that we always talk about is, you know, yeah, the game is great, um, the graphics are awesome, the storyline is, is epic. But you know the portrayal of certain characters. You wish the girls were more clothed, don't don't you? I don't wish that. You know, I don't wish that girls should be more clothed, and I don't wish that girls should not be more clothed. I don't I, like my opinion on this is absolutely mm -hmm. unbiased because in the end of the day, people have their own preferences, and we need to sort of, um, uh, you know, satisfy everybody. But that if you had more girl Fair. gaming, girl mm -hmm. gaming developers. I think that would sort of throw in a different opinion, wouldn't it? Like, if, for example, if, I, a, if a girl gaming developer is saying creating the character the character of Katana from Mortal Kombat, mm -hmm. right, versus a male gaming developer creating the 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 the, the Katana character, you know, how mm -hmm. does how does that you know, you would have an opinion. If on the on the on the guy develop on the guy gaming developer, but you know your opinion would change on the girl gaming developer. So what do you think about that? Mm -hmm. She'd definitely have more clothes on if that was the case. <laughs> I can say for certain. Put that down in concrete. I'm certain she would have more clothes. But I agree with you. I agree because you can always tell the difference. Because and it's not just you know the clothes that they're wearing or how hypersexualized they are. I think it just has to do with. Uh, uh, female developers knowing that they're putting their heart and soul into a project because they know how difficult it is for them to get the funding, the backing of a major studio. And then when it comes to marketing that story, they know that they have to have an awesome, awesome project on their hands for them to actually get into a AAA release. And there's a lot of, a lot of challenges that they have to overcome when it comes to bringing that product to the market. So I think now that the now that the split between female and male gamers is close to 50-50, still not there, we're, we're getting there, girls, don't, don't you worry about it. But I think once that happens, it's going to be a lot easier for these developers to bring their ideas to the table and say, okay, this is my idea, what can we do about it? And I know for a fact that this is going to be well received in the market, not just from ga girl gamers, but from gamers across the board. Doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl, they're going to love this game. And yeah. I think yeah. it has to do with making sure that the character is likable. They've got a really good storyline. You can sympathize with them, or if you can't sympathize with them, they'll be memorable enough for you to say, oh, did you see that character in that game? Wasn't she amazing? 
or you know she was callous she was completely unhinged but she was so fascinating to play so i think we need more of those ideas and i think we need to give female developers that backing that platform and that level of devotion and loyalty that will allow them to bring their ideas to the table yeah i agree with you 100% um you know i want i want to i want to first of all give off uh, a big shout out to riot games um league of legends for me uh what i like about it is that you don't have that kind of hyper sexualized content you know even you know even even from the even from the i mean if you look at all the characters even the girl characters you, they're not they're not as hyper sexualized as what you would see in um in other games but then at the end of the day everybody has their own definition of what hyper sexualized characters would look like but yeah, I, it, you kind of feel that you know there is that level of uh, modesty and the appearances. Um, you can you tend to focus more on the game and on the characters themselves. They try to make it a little bit more inclusive. I don't know if you've seen the new character. Um, is uh, look what he's he's um, what's his name again? Uh, Action. Which one? Action. Oh yeah. Actually, mm-hmm. so actually, what I like about it is he's, he's that kind of character that would appeal to that you know Asian community uh, between India and Pakistan, all of that. So because he, mm-hmm. he, he kind of the accents, the accent certainly sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, the accent sounds mm-hmm. familiar. I know he, 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 I know that he falls into a different world. I think he falls more mm-hmm. into the world of Narcissus and 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 because because that's that's fantasy for you yes but i know what you mean i know what you mean about creating characters that resonate with a certain demographic i think we need to see more of that and not just males or females just characters that sound like they're from your part of the world even though as you said they might be from uh, they might be from uh uh, from some other place in uh in a geography yeah yeah and they introduced remember when they introduced Samira mhm oh yeah. she was so fun she is so fun to play i absolutely adore her alt and i love how cheeky she is you know toss toss a coin and say go buy yourself something <laughs> so uh, i would i would love to do something like that in real life but it's only going to get me into trouble so yeah <laughs> have to yeah. have to hold back from tossing dirhams maybe i can toss one at you and uh, <laughs> throw in the dialogue <laughs> No, but you know what I like? You, like? You'll get it. You'll get it. Yeah, like it's like you kind of bring, you kind of, they kind of broke a lot of stereotypical barriers. Because even like, for example, if you play Valorant, if you put, if you play mm-hmm. Apex Legends, you know, these are the kind of games where you have to choose characters and you don't get to choose characters because they look cool or because they are men or women. You choose characters because of the stats and the abilities mm-hmm. and the skills that they bring into the play and to the style to your to your to your gaming style um so i don't know if you played apex so Ape, just yesterday i had an, uh, a session playing apex legends and I, and i look at the characters and i love the diversity valorant mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i love the diversity you know back in the day when i used to play a game i used to choose a character based on their you know macho-ness and and based on the like when i used to play tekken 3 <laughs> Yeah, when I, when I used to play Tekken three, mm-hmm. um, King was my you know he was he was that character for me. He was that that person that I wanted to play with, um, and mm-hmm. I didn't want to play with anybody. And then other people would tell me, no, no, you have to play with you know there are other characters, and there's this female character and so on. And mm-hmm. Anna, I think her name was Anna at the time. 
And I said to myself, why would I want to play a girl character? I'm a guy. I'll mm-hmm. play a guy character. <laughs> For me, But, it was always like, oh, you, you got to play as Paul because Paul has this movie. He one punch kills people. <laughs> the one punch. <laughs> And it was so annoying to the other, to somebody who was, you were playing against because it was like instant kill and they'd give you this very betrayed look. How could you use that move against me? <laughs> I, have a friend of, I have a friend of mine. He's a massive whoring. And he's a massive Huarang player. And the only oh, reason. Oh, because of the speed of his attacks? Yeah, true. And the fact that he's a massive Taekwondo fan. So. Um, oh, that's that's there. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. He, he, he gets really angry every time he plays against Paul because uh, like, he works so hard on building up those combos. <laughs> and then Paul just one punches through everything. <laughs> true, true. You know, you can get around that by playing certain characters. And my cousin is this amazing Lin Xiaoyu player because yeah. every time you see he sees Paul charging, what he does is he drops into the crouch. position that she has and it just goes overhead so i think i think that was uh it had a lot to do with timing and he was very good at it. he was very good at pissing off another player or by just by sidestepping you could always sidestep it but again you had to get the timing right otherwise you yeah. would be dead so you could always find ways around that move but it took some practice it took a lot of practice Um, so there's there's a Twitch user always in the crossfire, always in the crossfire, mm-hmm. man. We are always in the crossfire. That's how it is with life. But he's saying that Law with the backflips. Do you know Law? Yes, yes, absolutely. My dad's favorite character. When he when we would play, he would he loved playing with Law. Yes, and then he switched to Eddie because Eddie with his capoeira was just so cool. One of the coolest and most iconic characters in Tekken. And listen, you know what? If I, and this is my advice to any person who wants to play Tekken. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to practice, no, if, if you don't want to practice, if you just want to play just for the sake of playing and you just want to get some wins, just play Eddie. <laughs> just it. play Eddie. <laughs> just play Eddie. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Yes. <laughs> okay. And, and, and mm-hmm. just mash any button you set. You want to talk about spam? Because he's saying if you spam Law's backflip, that'll get you the win. Listen, dude. That but, will get you the win. True, true. Yes. But let me tell you this. If you spam Eddie's buttons, just anything, okay, that will get you a guaranteed win. That character. We're, we're forgetting Yoshimitsu. We're forgetting Yoshimitsu and the spinning move. Oh, that spinning move was annoying. I mean, of course, when you spin too much, he got dizzy and fell down. But that was another really, really frustrating move to have. Uh, somebody use against you Yoshimitsu with the spinning move oh gosh there was a time I was really competitive on Tekken and especially mm-hmm. before Tekken before the Street Fighter X Tekken came out so I don't know if you remember that game um, I loved Street Fighter everybody had a favorite character on Street Fighter and I'm sure you can guess who mine was so take a guess Um, I want to say Shun Li, but I don't know if that would be like too obvious. Ding, ding, ding. You got it. No, no, no. She's absolutely fantastic. Spinning bird kick. Who didn't love using that move? Mastering it took ages. But once you did, that sense of accomplishment, you hardly get that nowadays. Just landing that combo. It was a very complicated combo, but it was so fun to finally master and then sure. show off. show off Sagat was my character for me Sagat was my character he's the, mm. he, he was really good so remember when Street True. Fighter and Tekken came joined forces together and came up with Street Fighter X Tekken so there was a mm-hmm. period of time where I was really into the game I was really into Street Fighter I was really into Tekken 
But, but when I was playing, did you ever Tekken, get into King of Fighters? Sorry to cut you off, but did you ever get into King of Fighters? Of that course. was a, it had a huge roster. I'm just thinking about characters and how many they had at one point. So I mean, a lot of people say League of Legends has a huge number of characters. I think they're forgetting uh, King of Fighters and just how many characters that had. King of Fighters was one of the OGs. You know, I used to go to. The, mm -hmm. Remember, remember in the arcades, you used to they they were there a lot. They were there, Street Fighter, King of Fighters. Yes, they were there. Yeah, Choi, Choi was hilarious. Always in the crossfire saying Choi was hilarious. Yeah, he was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But let me tell you this. Yeah. Um, Yoshimitsu, I've never, like, until, until this very day, I have no idea how that character worked. I don't know how to play him. And you're telling me if I spam buttons, I'll be able, I tried that. And Yoshimitsu is, a mm -hmm. kinda, is the kind of character that's really technical like the possibilities in his combos are mm -hmm. insane I, i've i've watched people like pro players play yoshimitsu um like for me that character is on a different like whenever i see somebody play yoshimitsu and and really dominate i just want to quit tekken that's it <laughs> <laughs> I, I i put i put i put my hand down and say all right that's it i'm done i'm not playing that anymore <laughs> Well, you're nicer about it. I know a couple of sword losers, and uh, thankfully, I've never run into someone that's thrown a controller at the uh, at the TV. Thankfully, but uh, I've heard about those. So, you know, hats off for you for just saying, "Okay, I'm done. Enough." <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, rage, rage is rage is something normal. I think you know we have to address the fact that if you get angry because you lost a game and you sort of react, you know, you have a react like a like an emotional response, I think it's fine. I think it's only if we recognize it as a as a natural thing, then it's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, going back, I think like what you said, maybe if we have more uh, girl gaming developers out there, we can have something like what we see on Riot Games, what we have, what we see on Apex Legends. I think it's changing more and more, and uh, we can see it. And like what you said, it's growing. But what I wanted to ask you is when somebody says that more girl gamers impact the industry, mm -hmm. like how does that define? What do you mean? Is it, does it impact in terms of skill pool or does it impact in terms of sales? Does it, how does it impact in your view? Right, right. I think it goes, it, it's a lot more complicated than just saying that it impacts the industry, certainly. And I think it, ha it has an impact in different ways. For example, one of the arguments that was made very early on about why we don't see more female protagonists uh, headlining a game was that, well, girls don't buy that, that many games. So you can't use that excuse anymore. You know, girls are just as dedicated to gaming now than they were before. So that argument has gone out the window. I think it just has to do with the you know how much more of a voice you can give these uh you can give these women and i'm not just talking about major titles because you can't just justify major titles and um, funding them as and completely ignoring smaller titles indie games are absolutely amazing retro games coming back into the industry you have to look across the board and funding for them has to come from everywhere you can't just say that oh we're only going to do this because we know it's a AAA title. We know it's going to get a lot of marketing and it's going to do well. So I think that's a bit unfair. But of course, it's very easy for me to say this stuff. Uh, getting it done is definitely going to take time. But I think once more, 
women end up on the boards of uh, different uh, gaming institutes, I think that's going to change. I think that's when the real change comes because then you have women that will be championing the cause way from the top. So I think that is what is needed right now. And, uh, you know, you can only hope for the best in the days to come. Yeah, I mean, you're 100% correct. Though. Let's talk about competitive gaming. So competitive gaming are games like, you know, like your average Counter-Strike, Valorant, League of Legends, Dota, uh, mm-hmm. you know, massive games that have, uh, a, a, you know, a huge fan base and t- tournaments with like millions in prize pools. Yes. Do you think mm-hmm. now, despite of the fact that, yeah, you know what, the female, the female gamer, gaming community is growing rapidly. So this, you know, uh, a, a lot when I was doing my research, one of the most interesting facts that came out this year is that nearly today, as of this year, nearly half of the world's gamers are now women and girls. So mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's great news for me. But there's a question of them existing and there's a question of them um, leveling up and ranking up. Right. And they mm-hmm. have, and whether or not um, they have the platform and the means to do that. Um, do you see the two? The, do you see the two are different, or do you see the two? You know what? Um, moving forward at the same level. Right. I think this is very reflective of uh, a situation that you would see in sports right now. For example, if you ask people about uh, uh, sports such as tennis, you know, at most when you tell them how many female tennis players do you know, at most they might say Serena and Venus Williams, but they won't know, they, but they might know five uh, um uh, male tennis players and I think that's the case over here with the gaming industry as well with the esports industry you don't see that talent reflected in international competitions and prize pools mm-hmm. and for example if you look at worlds it's 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 all male dominated you don't have a world's uh, a world's for gay for gamer girls True. but I think that's going to change with competitions like the one we talked about happening in Dubai the championship and uh, with more of these happening on a regular basis and here's the thing you can't just have it on a one-off situation you can't just say we're going to have it this year and then we're going to see how it goes no you've got to make the commitment to make this an annual thing or a regular thing and it's only when that momentum begins to accelerate that's when i think we're going to see it being reflective of what the current trend is in the market which is more girls playing games um you know i wanted to ask you this you know when um so you know when i was working on my when i was working on the video that i posted the teaser video um Mm -hmm. my initial script was different my initial script was um i wanted to to first talk about some of the misogynistic and sexist uh, things that people shout to each other online, but but well, you know why I <laughs> you cha- can if you want to yeah but, you can if you want to yeah but but you, but you know why I changed my mind because I I I I wasn't sure because when I was doing my research I wasn't sure if that was still the case you know we're we're in the twenty first century a lot of things have changed um, the Me Too movement sort of put everybody into perspective. Uh, it shouldn't. It shouldn't have. We shouldn't have waited for the Me Too movement. I think it should have been something that we needed to know about way before that. But do you see that change, or is it still happening? 
Um, I would like to say that I'm seeing a, a big change, but it still happens. For me personally, I'm very selective about who I play with. And the fact is, I started playing with my with my brother and my cousin. So we were always this tight-knit group. So I didn't really feel the need to branch out and, you know, make friends online. And when I did, I was very, very careful about who I added to my friends list. So what would happen is I would play a game and if I enjoyed playing with another character and we and I felt that we had this uh, connection and that they were genuinely a good guy. I'm not going to say nice guys because uh, of all the memes, but <laughs> when I felt that when I felt that this was a guy who did not have that attitude that really you know pissed me off I would add him and from there the more you play the more uh, friends you make and I think it just becomes easier it's very easy to say that okay this person is being rude I'm gonna I'm gonna you know complain about it later or what I'm going to do is I'm going to report him and League of Legends does allow you to do that. How effective it is, that remains to be seen. But I know that uh, it's, you know, a lot of guys who had these serious rage moments and they've gone completely off the handle and started saying, you know, girl gamers don't deserve to be here. You guys are, you know, not adding any value and all that nasty stuff. It's very easy to just shut them up or just mute the chat. But for me, I have a certain group of people that I play with and I just adore these guys to bits. They wouldn't take, uh, you know, this sort of stuff from other guys or if they see it happening and somebody calling me out when uh, when it happens, then, yeah. you know, they come to my they come to your defense. But as you said, it shouldn't happen. You know, we're in the 21st century. This shouldn't happen. But yeah. it's a sad reality because it makes you wonder, you know, who made these guys the game, the gatekeepers of fun. So. And I was having this conversation with a friend of mine yesterday. She said, oh, I don't consider myself to be a serious girl gamer. And what I told her was that, listen, you're a girl and you play games. Doesn't that by default make you a girl gamer? I mean, there's no girl gaming card that you have to earn by playing, you know, big titles or playing competitively or playing ranked. So it doesn't matter for me, a little girl who's playing Angry Birds on her tablet is as much of a girl gamer as I am. Yeah. But listen, has that I think we needlessly complicate the situation when it comes to tags and you know putting people in a box. At the end of the day, a lot of girls play games because it's fun. I play it because it's fun and because it helps me de-stress after a hard day of work. Yeah. So some people will be worried because I'm playing and I'm cursing and I'm saying die, die, die while I try to get a pentakill. <laughs> so I'm sure I'm sure a lot of my colleagues will be very worried about that. But it, it, it's uh, that's how we play and that's how we have fun. Has it ever happened to you, though? Has it ever been? Have you ever been in a situation where, you know, you were playing a game? Um, it's a bit competitive. Things get a bit competitive. And then somebody just went in there and just threw this like a went in on a rampage of misogynistic and sexist comments uh, to mm -hmm. you while playing. Did that ever happen to you? Sadly, yes, it has. When I'm not playing with my friends or they're not online, so I just, you know, take a deep breath and I play with, uh, and I just play alone. Then it happens, especially when you're playing a match uh, that is not against bots. I would say it happens quite a lot. And especially if you have a, a feminine gamer tag, then they're like, okay, it's a girl gamer. So I think that's another reason that uh, girls hide their 
uh, identities online. And I think that's another reason why it's so difficult to get accurate statistics about how many girls are playing, because a lot of girls at the end of the day, they don't uh, appear on voice chat. They prefer not to talk because they know as soon as they start talking, it immediately makes them a target. Should anything go wrong, should their skills are not up to the mark, What's yeah. going to happen is that going to be getting a lot of abuse, a lot of sexist comments about go make me a sandwich. Well, dude, I don't see you going out there and chopping logs logs for the fire now, do you? Did, did, actually, did actually somebody say that? Did somebody say go make me a sandwich? Sadly, yes. I mean, okay, my, my, my sandwich making skills are awesome. They're quite unbeatable. That's one of my favorite snacks, but I don't make sandwiches for anybody except myself. Wow. Wow. You know, the thing is, I'm, I'm still trying to understand, you know, how or why does that happen? And I'm sure everybody's upbringing is, you know, different. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm definitely going to assume and say that, you know, most of the people that have been, that, that, that have a really good upbringing still some way, somehow, um, I don't know. They feel different. Like for me, when I was young, I I, I didn't see it that way. It, for me, it was different. Yeah. Like, you know what? It's the girl gamer. It's interesting. I really, you know, I didn't have an opinion about it. But then as I grew older and for me and now I look at girl gamers, it's the same way as I look at a guy gamer. I don't, I don't see it. Um, I don't I don't see it in any uh, I don't I don't see it differently. But, you know, what? When I, when I sit down, and, and I read a lot of articles, and and yeah, I read a lot of, uh, like one of the comments, I remember I was playing League of Legends last year, and I remember that happened. Like, this was an actual example. So when I was playing a game, and then some some person said, you know, why do you, that's why you, so the, uh, someone was playing a game, we weren't doing really well, ADC was uh, messing up, and I remember that the ADC was a girl gamer. And then somebody, mm -hmm. and then the player, the, the champion from mid lane said that the uh, ADC is a girl gamer. And then he said, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, that's why, because you play like a girl. So, e. so for me, I'm trying to understand, like, where, from where does that ideology come from? Where does that culture come from? You know, it, people cannot necessarily be too evil. I think it's just mm -hmm. that there's that misplaced sense of, what is that macho-ness or authority? What do you think? Um, I wish I had an answer for you. I think it's a combination of a lot of factors and I might be wrong on them. I think it's a lot to do with the herd mentalities or you know, this being the case for so many years that it's just easy for people to fall into it. You know, little kids might be playing and then they think it's cool to, you know, to go after a girl gamer and say, okay, make me a sandwich because it's what the older guys are doing and it's cool and they want to be the cool kids. Or maybe it's just easy to heap abuse on someone who they think doesn't belong in their world. There could be a number of reasons. And I think it's not just one reason. And, you know, I would like to say that people are not inherently evil because many times, you know, uh, I don't think that these guys are capable of, saying the same thing that they say online to girls in real life, yeah. I, you know, 
this might not always be the case. Maybe it's they're the same offline as they're online. But I think playing online, you're behind a screen. There's this element of nobody knowing who you are. So you can really have at it. If you want to be nasty, there's no repercussions, at least in certain games. You can be as nasty as you want. It's a way for you to let off steam. Everybody is doing it. And that justifies you doing it. So I think it's a combination of all these things. And which makes it so difficult to uh, to uh, to address and find solutions for, because, you know, it's not just one thing. If it was just, you know, uh, guys not knowing that many girl gamers, which is why they're doing it. I think it would be easier if there was one reason, because you could address that one reason and make sure it doesn't happen. Yeah. So it's just different. Yeah, I would say that it's not easy. But uh, and I don't know how PG friendly your kid friendly your uh, stream is right now. So I don't want to talk about half the things that I heard in the beginning when I just started out. But uh, yeah, there were some pretty awful things. But it's, and it's, I think sadly, I think sadly, girls do need to have a thick skin when they're playing online. I wish that wasn't the case. But, you know, I'm a realist and I know that. Uh, no matter how nice the community is, how nice people might say the community is in, when you're playing certain games, mm -hmm. there is always this danger. There's always this anticipation of you getting, you know, verbal abuse for being just being a girl gamer playing. Like it, it, it gets to me. Um, but you know what? When I play, uh, for example, League of Legends and I hear such a comment, I actually interfere. Mm -hmm. I say something like I do something about it, you know, and. I remember somebody saying, uh, you know, you hit like a girl. That it, like literally, that's that was a comment. You hit like a girl, <laughs> and I said, you're sitting. Well, I'm like, and then I responded to the dude. I'm like, listen, dude, listen, bro, you're sitting out in the computer and you're typing this to a person that you don't know, and you're telling her that she's that she hits like a girl. But what if you actually have the balls to go up to her? Okay, and let her smack you in the face. Then you can choose whether or not she hits you like a girl. And that dude mm -hmm. just went quiet and just put three dots and did not say anything. You know, it gets to me. It gets to me. And it, it is frustrating, As, even for a lot of my friends, you know, when they see somebody, you know, they might be the worst player on the team or they might be having a bad day. But then by default, the abuse will go to will be heaped onto the girl and they feel that, you know, they're like, you do realize I've got more deaths than kills. And yet you're talking about our strongest players if she's the weakest link. So and notice how this guy backed off once you interfered. And sadly, if I think it's a girl and if she replies, there is an escalation, I think that's something that happens quite a lot it might escalate to the point where you know the whole chat will be you know people chiming in and talking about you know girls versus boys but uh, i think it's different when a guy does it and he'll be like okay dude just you know back off we don't need to hear any more of your you know your crap at this point yeah i mean you know especially i have a daughter and I know that at some point when she grows up, you know, she's going to get into the whole experience of gaming. I have a son as well. You know, he's already playing. Uh, he's already, um, I would say, like a, a moderate gamer. I think it's reverse psychology when the father is a heavy gamer. The son and the children are the absolute opposite. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You know what? Like it um, at some point, you know, young girls um when they get into the world of gaming and especially in the world of competitive gaming they they most of them some of most of them that i know or i hear about do exactly what you say which is mm -hmm. they hide their profile picture they hide their 
uh, details, their names are different. You know, they have to sort of hide. Because it's easier. Because it's easier, takes less energy. It's only a matter of a few clicks. You do it at the beginning and then you forget about it. And if you want other people to know, you can tell them I'm a girl gamer, despite what my name says. You know, I have a very, very, you know, guy sounding name or I have a very gender neutral sounding name. So I think it's just easier. Uh, And but that's not what you want. I mean, as a dad who has a daughter, you don't want that. And I think it's the same for my dad as well. I don't think he's aware about just how uh, how big gaming has become. I, I I mean, I know he's aware of how big it has become, but if I were to talk to him about, you know, this abuse, he would be quite horrified to hear that, you know, guys say stuff like this to girls. But uh, that's just the thing for him. Gaming is something that you know, he's seen his kids always get into. And it's never been about, you know, somebody saying that, you know, your your daughter can't play, but your guy, but your son can play. For them, for him, it was never about that. It was just something his kids enjoyed. You know, for me, I would actually want her to tell me. Like I wouldn't want her to hide it from me. Cause you know why? Because I know one thing's for sure, I can't do anything about it, you know. Mm-hmm. So how would you intervene? Exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, how would you intervene? But it's good, it's important for me to help her understand that um you know the world the internet world is a different world it's a different universe when you're plugged into your computer and you go on twitter or you go on facebook or when you're playing any any kind of game right um you become something else or someone else or that kind of character that you that you're portraying on the internet and a lot of people tell you you know who we are on the internet is different than who we are on life I think that's the biggest absolutely bullshit. i think that's the biggest bullshit i think that mm-hmm. you, i think that there's a part of you there's a part of you and a part of your personality that is some way somehow tied up to who you are on the internet so if you are out there throwing uh, misogynistic comments online but in real life you don't that does not make you a less of a sexist or a less of a stereotypical human being it still makes you that person and still makes you part of the problem true. so what i do true is, true so if my daughter would come up to me and say look here's what they said one two three four five i would want her to tell me and i would want her to und- i would want her to understand that there are different people you know people are born with different ways of thinking with different uh, cultures and different upbringings so it's very important to find a way how to fight them without necessarily um, fighting fire with fire. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know? And at the very least, you want her to know that you're on her side. You know, this is something that sh- it's it's not just targeted at her. It's it's a problem that, you know, the majority of girl gamers face and she's not alone in that. And just hearing that is a comfort for any girl, I would say. I think, yeah. And also what you said, like, like what you said, you know, there are a lot of... Um, there are a lot of games right now where you can actually, if you want to, if you want to complain, if you want to make a complaint, if you want to report someone, now you can see that there's there there's a tab uh, for reporting somebody for being sexist, racist, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. misogynistic in any way. And check this out. You know, there's this article on Cosmopolitan Middle East. So, you know, this is something I didn't know. And now I know that there is a huge uh, girl gaming community in Saudi Arabia. So shout out to Saudi Arabia and shout out to all the uh, gaming girls in Saudi Arabia. But yeah, there's a huge uh, gaming uh, gaming community in Saudi Arabia. And that, you know, that makes me happy because, you know, these are the kind of people that are breaking the, the chains. These are the kind of people that are breaking the barrier. What would, you, what would your advice be 
to a young girl who's playing video games, who wants to get into competitive gaming, um, what, what, what would your advice be? And what are some of the traps you want her to avoid from falling into? Mm -hmm. Right, right. Um, well, number one, I would say don't let anyone tell you how to have fun. I mean, at the end of the day, what matters is if you're having fun while playing and don't let another guy or girl, okay, because I know quite a lot of girls can also be very, very, you know, abusive online and have definitely have a foul mouth. So don't let anyone, anyone tell you that you're not allowed to have fun. If you're having fun, remember the reason you do it. The, uh, you know, people game for a lot of different reasons, but at the end of the day, it's all about having fun. So make sure that you don't let people who are just nasty because at the end of the day, they don't matter. What matters is that you're the one playing. You're the one that's out to have fun. You're the one that's enjoying the game. So don't let them get to you. I know it's very easy to say, but just remember the reason you do it. And the reason is what will help you get through it. And if you see someone being a hothead, it's very easy to mute them. Just mute them and don't get into a fight because I would say 90% of the times it will end up becoming something that will go on again and again and again. So don't let them take away that enjoyment. Keep that enjoyment close to yourself and remember why you do it. That's what I would tell people. Yeah. And uh, so what about you as a, like, for example, when you become a mom and let's say you have a daughter and she's a, she wants to be a girl gamer, like would your attitude be different from what you, from what I you, think mm -hmm. from what, from you what it is now? Yeah. Um, I would hope that when that happens, then the situation would be much, much improved from what it is today. But my advice would be the same. You know, again, if she is, uh, if she's having trouble playing online because other people are, are pretending to be the gatekeepers of fun, I yeah. would say, no, you know, don't let them get to you. And I went through it. You can come and talk to me about it. We'll end up you know, having this discussion, but at the end of the day, I'll just say, okay, you want some ice cream? I'll make you a sandwich. <laughs> if you want, <laughs> go back to gaming, <laughs> go back to gaming. I'll, I'll be there with you every step of the way. And we can play together if you don't want to play online. And uh, I'm sure it'll be easy to make friends with people who have the same attitude as you, people who are in it for the same reason as you, you just got to find those people and then stick with them. That's for true. me, Mm -hmm. Yep. For me, I've got a dedicated uh, troop of people that I play with. So one of them is actually, you know, Papa 2.0 right now. So he's got a little baby daughter just a few months ago. Okay. So Boris, Boris, Mr. Boris went from being Papa 1.0 to Papa 2.0 right now. So <laughs> shout out to him. Sammy, another one of my friends who is in the UAE, who is in Dubai. Uh, he's a really, really nice chap that I absolutely enjoy playing with. He's got the best zingers honestly he has the best zingers when we're playing and somebody says something so his replies on the chat are obviously hilarious and then i have another friend of mine who's in turkey again i really really adore him hachi absolutely love the guy then i've got another friend who is in germany who i haven't played with in quite a while so alex looking forward to seeing you back on uh, online wow, so man. That's my crew. That's that, my five. That, that's that's my five-person crew. That's my five-person crew. <laughs> that's 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 your click. Okay, Roma. Now we mm -hmm. talk. Now let's talk about a few games that you play. So let's start with League of Legends. All right, because you yes. know you and I we have that common interest with League of mm -hmm. Legends. What's your lane and who's your champion? Okay, 
Um, ask me that question again, but ask who I play in every lane. You play top lane too? Okay, I do mm-hmm, from I, time to time. I wouldn't, I wouldn't perceive, I wouldn't perceive you as a top laner. I would perceive mm-hmm. you more as an eighty carry or a mid laner. <laughs> okay, half of that is true, but I do play all lanes, and I think it's just uh, what I get the most enjoyment from. It, it depends on my mood. But yes, I have played each and every lane. I've got a dedicated champion for each and every lane. So ask me about that. So who's your top laner? Uh, Fiora. Before the rework, she was my main. Oh my Nowadays, God. it's either it's either Nasus or it's um, it's Darius. Just just saying her name, just is giving me the chills. <laughs> Roma, listen, dude, I wanted to say thank you so much for being here, uh, for supporting me on this. I wanted to let mm-hmm. you know that this will not be like this will be one of many conversations that you and many. I Many. We should do this again. True, Definitely. true. We should do this again. Definitely. A friend of mine actually just messaged and he says, oh, I'm here. I'm on Twitch. And again, he's also, a, a, you know, a dad, recent dad. Oh, so, no way. Yes. Riz, I see you, Nooblet. Yes, we should meet up soon. Dad gamers, mom gamers, girl gamers. Dad gamers. There's a lot of dad gamers in my life. Yeah, I wonder man. what that is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that's 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 what this whole thing is about. Um, I wanted to thank. I'm a gamer Ed- godma. I'm a I'm a gamer godmother. I should get that on a t-shirt. Yes, I should get that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Th- that 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 should be that should be a really good uh, gamer godmother. That's that's good. Mm-hmm-hmm. Roma, signing mm-hmm. off. Anything you want to say? Anything? Any last words? I'm just going to reiterate what you said. Everybody, everybody who sent in questions was wonderful. I hope we answered them to your satisfaction. We're looking forward to many more questions that you guys might have. So let's keep this momentum going. And I'm looking forward to doing this again with you. So lots of love.